0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bowne House Historical Society's podcast. My name is Emily, and I am again joined by David. We chat about historical topics connected to the Bowne House that you might not yet know. So, David, could you introduce the topic for today?
1: Of course, Emily, and thank you again for joining me. Uh, Today, we are going to discuss Walter Bowne and his time as mayor of Manhattan during the cholera epidemic. There will, of course, be connections to life today. But I also want to remind everyone that Walter Bound was married to Eliza Southgate, who we discussed at length throughout March.
0: Yes, and in one of our chats we discussed the yellow fever epidemic in New York City that Walter and Eliza lived through. It is rather incredible to consider Walter and his generation living through multiple epidemics here.
1: Yeah, so let's hope history does not repeat itself.
0: Oh, I hear you. I agree. To start with, could you give us some background information on Walter Bound?
1: Of course. Walter Brown was born in Flushing in 1770, and as we have previously discussed, he married Eliza Southgate in 1803, with whom he had two children before her death in 1809. Later, he decided to become a politician, and he was elected as a New York state senator in 1816. He served for eight years, but the time we are most interested in today is his time as mayor of New York City from 1829 to 1833.
0: Yes, specifically today, we are interested in the end of his time as mayor, since he oversaw the outbreak of cholera in 1832.
1: Yes, so the outbreak started in surrounding areas, and to prevent it from reaching the city, Walter decided to enact a quarantine for all ships or carriages attempting to enter the city. This included all of the products and people on board. At the time, it was generally believed that cholera was spread through contact with an infected person.
0: Oh, we sure are familiar with quarantine. That's quite a way to connect with New Yorkers for almost 200 years ago. Um, I'm curious about what other measures they took, but let's back up for just a minute because this is the second epidemic we're talking about concerning Walter Bound, the yellow fever. What kind of reactions did he and Eliza and other New Yorkers uh, tend to have to having this outbreak.
1: Yeah, so as we mentioned before in our previous chat, Walter and Eliza left the city at the time when yellow fever was worst. And they went to places in the country like these springs to to bathe and consume fresh water. And that was very common for New Yorkers to react that way.
0: Wow, that's amazing because that's just like today. A lot of people went to upstate New York and other places further out because of the cleanliness and also the water. Everything was just fresher and there was more space.
1: Yeah, and so this cholera outbreak from 1832 is just the same. In fact, about a third of the city's population left the city to go to the countryside.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Again, there are a lot of parallels to today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, on to the other measures that were taken at the time of the cholera outbreak. Uh, Unfortunately, the quarantine did not fully work, but the government had decided to respond in a much more robust way than they ever had before this outbreak. And so, one thing that they did was to take on an extensive campaign to clean the streets of New York. And I want to keep in mind how monumental a task that would have been. One, the streets would have been filled with animals. Of course, most commonly horses, but even pigs and other animals would have been roaming the streets of uh, New York at that time. And that includes all of the filth that would come with them. And also, of course, that all of that cleaning would have been done by hand. Of course, they don't have the machines to clean like we would today. entirely would have been done by hand. So keep that in mind, how, how monumental a labor task that would have been.
0: Okay, that's fascinating because what I'm hearing is that there were frontline workers even then. They just weren't called that.
1: Exactly. So that work would have been largely done by volunteers and they would have really put themselves on the front lines, even though they didn't understand exactly how cholera was spread this would have been a way that would have been possible to pick it up uh, because of the contaminated food and water that they would have been encountering uh, by having to do all that cleaning of those spaces.
0: Wow, that's really tough, and there's no protections afforded them either.
1: Yeah, and the society looked down on these people largely. The time period did not fully understand disease largely. And many people, particularly the wealthy class, would have seen disease as a moral judgment on the working class. And so some of the people that would have been frontline workers, as we would call them today, would have been seen as having poor morals. And they would get the disease as a sign of having those poor morals. And so it's almost a judgment from God in the eyes of the wealthy class.
0: Wow, that's really tough. What a pickle to be in.
1: Yeah, I absolutely (laughs) agree. And so today we know that cholera is spread through contaminated food and water, but since they didn't understand that at the time, they didn't fully have the preparations to prevent the spread. Uh, Interestingly enough, around that time, many advancements were being made. Just after this outbreak, they decide to create an aqueduct. The Croton Aqueduct was begun in 1837. And this would have provided New York City with fresh water, which would have been crucial in this fight against cholera. Uh, And unfortunately, it doesn't fully prevent future outbreaks of cholera. There's another one in 1849. But it would have gone a long way to provide the residents of New York City with fresh water at uh, a time that they needed it most
0: oh wow well I have to think that it must have been a relief to the populace to know that the government was involved in changing infrastructure so even if they didn't know the causes of cholera the structures around them were changing and that had to have made a difference
1: oh they were very excited about these changes in fact when the water arrived in uh, 42nd Street on Fifth Avenue, and that reservoir there, there was literally a celebration. People gathered all around to watch the water arrive because they were so excited to have fresh water in their neighborhood.
0: Oh, wow, I would have liked to have been there for that celebration.
1: Yeah, I agree, <laughs> uh, it would have been fun.
0: <laughs> and that now is where the New York Public Library is.
1: Exactly, it's right in Bryant Park right now.
0: Oh, wow, Oh yeah. wonderful. So this is very interesting. It's interesting to see how history repeats itself but also to see what our forefathers did. And we can take strength in that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I take solace in knowing that I'm not the only one in history to have gone through something like this.
0: Exactly. Thank you again for joining me, David. Please visit our website, boundhouse.org to stay up to date on all our latest videos. I hope you all will join us again in two weeks.